This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Bombers Had a Dream podcast. My name is Lee Finch. If you are tuning in expecting to hear from the wizard Rob Ursel, unfortunately he had something else on tonight, uh, short notice, so he had to postpone. So we are disappointed. We are going to speak to him and hopefully get him on at one point. But yeah, you ain't going to be hearing from the wizard, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, it depends on how you look at it. You are going to be stuck with myself and Danny Baker. Danny, how are you? I'm good. What would be your, if he's the wizard, what are you going to be? Well, my nickname's Chips. Okay. Well, go on. What's the background? Why are you Chips? Because my mates, and it was Mark Buzz will come up with it. You know Buzz. I think you know oh, Buzz. Oh, I know. We had a great chat, Buzz, on the, on the pod last year. He, oh, yeah. He loves it, doesn't he? Uh, he said I look like Mr. Chips from Catchphrase. You know, I'm bald. <laughs> when I did have That's a excellent. Yeah, you like Mr. So, Chips from Catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, and then we went out one day. and they me and my me, missus love Catchphrase. Watch it every night. And they call me Mr. Chips. You know the noise? Do you? I know. Yeah, every time they played that, I had to dance when we went out for a night out once. But yeah, it just stuck. It was chips. And people, because I'm quite fat, everyone used to think it's because I like eating chips. But it's not. It's Mr. Chips from Catch Race. And Absolutely then literally up. no one, but I don't think, like Buzz, I don't call him Mark, which is his real name. I just call him Buzz. It's yeah, like yeah. my mate Justin, he's called U-Boat. Um, yeah, 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 I know U-Boat, yeah. Yeah, he shot himself at Reading away and hid under <laughs> the table. We said he sank as quickly as a U-Boat. And, and that's it. Like, his nickname at the time was the general, so he's gone from the general to you, and he was like, "No, I'm the general, I'm the general," and everyone's called him. You. No one, even his mum and dad, don't even call him Justin anymore. They call him you. Oh, I just, I, I'm, I'm a little bit. I was actually going to talk about something different, but do you know what? We're, now we're on it. I love nicknames. I love <laughs> fans. We had a kid. At, we had a kid at our school, right? And we were in the first day, and we were sitting there, and we're just all sitting around a table. And anyone who went to uh, my old school, Wallet and um, we'll know this. There's a lad called James Theobald, right? And he was a he's a lovely lad. So everyone's going around, and someone went, "What's your name?" And just randomly, someone went, "He went James Theobald," and the guy went, "Sybil," as if like, "What the hell?" If you say James Theobald really quickly, he says that sounds like Sybil. He's been called Sybil by everyone <laughs> ever since because one guy misheard it. Oh, mate, so mate, funny. It's mad though, isn't it? Like literally, I've, no one calls me Lee. I've never been called Lee. It's always been Chigwell when I first started going Wimbledon. I, people were like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Chigwell. Weren't really. I'm from Hainal, which is a shit part. Chigwell's yeah. a nice part, so you always said Chigwell. And everyone, then Chips cut. Everyone just calls me Chips, Chippo, Chipsy. And it's just <laughs> Chips now. So what are the best nicknames that you can like think of? Like, I, I used to love Sybil. We had a mate at school called Grandad because he always used to eat Werther's Originals. So <laughs> do you remember that at the time they had an advert where they had the Grandad giving out the sweets? Um, that was quite funny. Um, I'm trying I've to think got, of some One of our mates is called Rock and Roll because he has Liam Gallagher haircut, so it's Rock and Roll Dave. Because <laughs> Rock and Roll Dave. Uh, <laughs> U-Boat's the best one ever because he was That's tired really and good. he was never going to stick. Cause it, and it did, and it literally, 
we called his sister U-boat sister. We don't even call her, her name. It's U-boat sister. Oh, uh, one of my mates. Do you know my mate Gary Saxby? Yeah, I know. I know the names and seen people a bit. We call him Crime. Okay. Crime. Crime doesn't pay, and neither does Gary. Oh no. So, things like that. Gary's never. You've never seen his wallet. Uh, there's loads of them. Matty, a mate of mine we call Mitchum because he's basically from Mitchum, but he will, he, he's, he's my mate Nick Jones. He's a fantastic bloke. But everyone, everyone just calls him Mitch. We're the only country Mitchum. that does it, though, isn't it, really, I think? I just think it's epic, and some of them are just so ridiculous. Like, how, what is even that? It could be really? like, and you can mishear it, or you just <laughs> light a sweet, and you just get called, I don't know, Toblerone for the rest of your life. It's fantastic. What I love is when when you're away, like, we've been on stags and stuff, and U-Boat has to tell the reason why he's called U-Boat. Oh, I must be stunning. And he gets watered down, does it? Well, he tries to water it down, but then everyone who's here <laughs> obviously embellishes it a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? So he was crying under the table. A load of Leeds fans or Reading fans wanted to beat him up, so he sank like a U-boat. Yeah, it's just... And it's just mad. I think, you know when Chikorito, was it Chico Hernandez? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He his, that was his nickname on his little shirt. I think, I think they should do that for, for... Like, Stevie G should be Slippy G on his shirt or something. You know, the nickname that he's been given. Do you know what I mean? They should be, all have their nicknames on them. Davison yeah, will be Davison, obviously. Well, it's spelt the same, so it's not going to change. But... Was it Young Coombs will be Taylor Wannabe? All that NYC, sort of stuff. NYC on the back stuff. <laughs> Pierce will be Uncle Albert. Yeah. <laughs> but it's mad, it is mad how nicknames literally just stick with people for the whole of their life. And it literally does. And it then it goes on and on. And you're like, what on earth is going Like, literally, at school, I'm obviously quite energetic and stuff. And I'm always, you know, mucking about with the kids, having a good time. And one of the kids in front of, honestly, about 50 of the staff. I don't know who it was. And someone went, um, Mr. Baker, do you know that you um, you remind me of somebody? And I was like, oh, yeah, what's that? And he went, Mr. Poppy from the Tivity. Have you seen the Tivity, the film? He's like the he's teaching assistant. He's the teaching assistant who goes around going Yeah, he's, he's quite large. Literally, oh, yeah, everyone's like, from that, like literally now, in my my room, it's like, there he is, Poppy. It's like, oh, no. You know what do I don't that. like, though? Lazy nicknames. Yeah. So, like, Ben Stokes would be, like, Stokesy. Stokesy. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm with you. Anything shortened or you add a Y on the end, come on, be be better than that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, There's I'm so many... That. That, but it's, it's really... It's just madder. Like, when we got married, we didn't have a cake. because If we had a cake, we I was going to put a little figurine of chips. Catch, have a catchphrase. You've got to solve on the top. Yeah. It's me. And then <laughs> the wife was going to be, like, a normal, like, woman one. You know, a little mannequin who got the cake. <laughs> But yeah, I've been called Chips. Yeah, that's why if you look at my Twitter, it's Chips at Chips Finch. If anyone wants Absolutely. to follow me. Absolutely. I'd love to. Anyone's got any other amazing... There's an Aussie radio station who do like loads of like talks, talking in and they do like I've a talk it. show. And, yeah. and the bloke kind of posts and they all talk about the different nicknames. Anyone got any wicked nicknames? Share them. I'd love to buy a pint for someone who shares me. The, the geezer's laughing his head off, isn't he? Like, oh, mate. What was it? One was called like, Sniper's Nightmare or something like that. <laughs> His legs, his feet are moving from side the, to side. The oh, is, is this the reasons why they got them? Oh, it's so good. And none of them are true. You know what I mean? It's all men just embellishing it a little bit further. Of course, but it's just funny. Like, and it's, it's like I said, it could be on a night out, just sitting at a bus stop or doing something, and someone says it, and another person catches on, and all of a sudden it's gone through like a thousand people. You know what done it for me was, remember the in-betweeners film when they go away? Yeah, yeah. And you get the T-shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see blokes going on the stag things with their nicknames on. Do you know what I mean? Like... One of the lads at the rugby team when I was younger from, uh, at school, he thought I looked like, you know, the bloke, it's a puppet, Brian Connolly. Yes. So he used to call me Dangerous Brian. Do you remember, like, he had the bloke, like, Dangerous Brian was one of the characters. So I was literally, for like a year, everyone was like, oh, there he is, Dangerous Brian. I was like, why are you calling me Dangerous Brian for? It was absolute oh, chaos. Absolutely chaos. And it, when the stagger ones, you always got one one geezer with, like, Big Dick Steve or something. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, oh mate, that's an awful nickname. Come on. Like, you've given yourself that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Dick Steve, but yeah, anyway. I can't think of many good. Nick I can't unfortunately come up with any good nicknames for some of the guys on Saturday because crikey, that was a that was a watch and a half when it the Stockport game. It was horrendous, horrendous. I, as I said, I previously spoke to you about this. I had a train ticket to go out there with me and my boy. Decided to work and earn some money instead, and probably one of the greatest decisions that I've, I I was fuming. And this is another thing. My missus thinks this is really weird. But do you do this, Danny? When oh. you're watching football, do you talk to the footballers? Do you? No. When you're watching at home, you don't go, oh, that's awful ref, or what were you doing, Palmer? Oh, it's a weird one, and it's actually a really good question, because we were talking a little bit about this today, but I find it, I don't often, if I'm watching the game, like, behave as if I'm in the game. I'll, I'll, oh, I it, it's, for me, it's a different experience. I oh. still like, oh, come on, or whatever, I'll be like, or I'll be next to my dad and be like, oh, that's a foul, that's a yellow. 
that's a bit dodgy. I don't often. I'm not as like raw. I find no, out. No. I find I've got to be there to feel the energy no, to be I, like I, that. I have to get like that to be the energy, or I'm just sitting there on my phone bored. And but it, it was the Stockport thing. The the reason, and I, I wasn't like the one thing I was. I was actually quite concerned because it was the first time. I felt like we had a, a, I mean, the Mansfield game, we had that like 20 minute spell and, and the dodgy red and we'll never really know. And it, we were never in it, but 2-2 losing a player was never good. But yesterday, the game was sorry on Saturday. We were so poor. It was like last year and it was like, oh my God, we're not going to have this again. And it, the thing that was well is because we had, it's almost like a mirror of last year, didn't we? We had that really good start and we were like, oh, well, this is amazing. And then I remember pretty early, I can't remember exactly what day, but I'm pretty sure we went away. Dapper Mabule scored away at Shrewsbury and we won one. We, we lost in the end 2-1 and everyone was going, oh my God, this was terrible. And we started slowly dropping down. I just, yeah, massive, massive, massive red, red flags from Saturday. Well, I can't remember anybody playing particularly well. A couple of them I thought were absolutely embarrassing, to be honest. Them. All of them were. Horrendous. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't. I haven't been a big fan of Lee Brown since he's been in. But I thought he was terrible, absolutely terrible on Saturday. And I thought Osu was terrible. Oh. Mate, the problem I got with last week, and we've mentioned it. You mentioned it last year when we were going through it. Is you can take a one-nil loss to a Stockport because you you know Stockport are a decent side, right? They've got Watton up front. I forget his name. Begins with C. The big blonde geezer that played. Just behind him, he, the geezer was massive. They were units, all the Stockport. And you think it's a tough place to go. Their, their league position's probably not right. They're going to be up there. They've got some decent players. Sarsovic yeah. is decent. I know Madden weren't yeah. playing, but they, they expect a few, Bob. They'll be yeah. all right. And they've lost a few games. So they, they, at home, they need to start winning, right? But the manner of the defeat was the thing that I think got uh, got me. And then when we'd done the Sunday debrief and everyone was few, like, literally, as you said, it was mirroring everything that happened the last 30, 40, 30, two games of the last year and a couple of this year is that we just looked horrendous. There was no fight. There was no passion. You mentioned Lee Brown. Apparently Lee Brown was getting a little bit of stick from, because Stockport's really close to pitch. You can hear what fans are saying. And well, I our fans say, or Stockport yes. fans? No, our he fans. Was, well, you, it was said, terrible. When he, when he left the pitch, you could kind of see he wasn't clapping. He wasn't interested in that. He was literally head down off. And oh, I think yeah, the problem that got to him is like, the problem mm. I got is it's so negative football at the moment like we play you know, and it, and it, you know we said a Crawley Crawley were like we won 2-0 people got to be happy we won 2-0 yeah. looked easy but people were bored and booing and kind of and then maybe they were right in the reasons why because you look at the game against Stockport just, it, why, is, why is he starting NYC on the bench I mean if I'm really honest with you Lee one of the things and one we were talking for the guys who don't know me and Lee were kind of chatting a week and have a few ideas about stuff and honestly I feel like it's square pegs in round holes I was looking at it and I was like, Alex Pierce, do you genuinely are you genuinely good enough to play as a ball playing centre back in the middle? <laughs> Probably not. Lee Brown, are you actually good enough both defensively and with the ball at feet to play in that position? Probably not. Maybe Gunter, can you get ago. up and down? Yeah, hundred percent. And Maybe I look, I looked ago. across that whole pitch and I was like, Chisley, are you good enough to play in the middle of this part? Probably not quite. And I was just looking around at all these different players, thinking, well, I saw you shouldn't be up front. Osu, you look well out of Nick. Gunter, you haven't got the legs to play for to play as a wing back. I was looking at the three defenders and I was like, Pierce, are you good enough to be the middle person to make these passes? And it, and I was just looking at it and I felt that the formation didn't suit the players, the positions that the players in didn't suit the players, and it just looked like almost like you said that first game. I'm going to put, I'm going to try this out, and it, it just didn't look at all like the players were suited for those players. I mentioned it to one of my mates and said, why is it every manager we have in comes in with their own formation that they're stubborn on, right? This 3-5-2, but then don't bring players in to play that formation. Because I don't think Millwall played it with Pierce. Lee no, four at the back. Didn't play it. We played it last year. He played four at the back of Portsmouth. Yep, four at the back of Portsmouth. Gunter, I don't know what. Cholton, he played 3-5-2, because that, and he, but he weren't playing in a 3-5-2. No, and he didn't, he didn't get much game time either. No, at Cholton. And uh, you just, you're bringing players in to play a system that they don't like or don't play in or never played in, thinking you're going to find... And we we said this again on the Sunday debrief, is that you go, oh, what are we doing? Come on, Robo change. Oh, no, it's not Robo. It's, it's Glenogic. No, it ain't Glenogic. It's... They, they look they're exactly the same. All three of them are exactly the same as we've done previous years. 
I mean, to be honest with you, one of the big concerns, and I think Crawley are having it, and I think it's a real weird, and it's almost like a modern young manager who has played youth football where everyone's a bit dynamic and they're all being almost taught to play football in inverted commas and it will drive everyone mad the proper way, get the ball down and play. Alex Pierce ain't that player. He wants to get hold of a striker. He wants a big, tall guy wrestling. Same with Tony Craig when he played at Crawley. He could not pass the ball for Toffee. He was nowhere near good enough, quick enough, good enough positioning. Tony Craig wants a war. He wants to get up there, some blow elbows, kick in and all sorts, yeah. and he wants to be in a war. So does Alex Pierce. And unfortunately, we just don't... It, it's a concern that we've at the moment, just the kind of players that we've got don't necessarily, in my opinion, have suited the way that we've kind of played. And Asal cannot play up front. No. He's got to be they're wide or he's got too, to be move too everywhere. Too far apart. They're miles apart from each other, Josh Davis. And he, one, he don't give the ball. So he's better in the hole. Yeah. Chisley, as good as he was at Crawley, is Stockport away against massive players. You know he's not going to be as good. So play Asal, who is going to get roughed up. He likes that kind of game. And play NYC and Davison. And another point that we, again, that we said on the Sunday debrief is, our be- if you did you look at our bench? Right, and it ain't oh, the, the players on the bench and how old they are. It's we had three centre backs on the bench or three defenders. So we had who was it? We had the new Ogandiri, Ogandiri, he's a centre back slash wing back. We had Kalambai, we had the new kid, right? Three centre backs. We then had Alfie Bendel and uh Quaco Frimpong, who I would have as defensive midfielders. Agree. So two defensive midfielders as well. So that's fine. Then we had a youth goalkeeper because who Bruce, actually didn't make the bench in the end, did he? Uh, the youth goalkeeper did, yeah. Yeah, he, but he was he was meant to be on the bench, and then when they released it, he was taken off it. <laughs> I didn't even know. That. Yeah, so he had six subs, yeah. And then NYC. So we said, if you go one 0 down in that game, how are you changing it about to get us back into it? Do you know what I mean you've only got NYC to come on? If if, it, if something goes wrong, you we've got no one on that bench. We end up putting Paul Callumbay up front for the last ten minutes of the game. It's just like, boom! My, my mind was blown, mate, with that. Well, again, I, I don't know where Quayne Bartley was. I don't know if he was not selected or injured. I mean, I don't know. But I think the, it does flag a bit of a concern about, you know, obviously the window. And I felt that as a fan base, we there were at least um, three players that we probably were looking at getting in the last day. And I know we're going to touch a fraction on the, the, Don's, the Don's Trust chat. So I don't want to interfere too much with that unless you want to flow into it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it does show you that we, as a squad, we're relatively small. If you, like I said, you think Woodyard wasn't available, Magoma wasn't available, Hudlin wasn't available. Um, we're obviously, a backup keeper wasn't available. We're kind of a smallish group that if our best 11s on the pitch will be okay, we're not going to yes. be brilliant, but we'll be decent. But yep. we're kind of plan A or plan A. Um, and and, and it, again, it it just feels like um, the communication that we were given about we're going to be competitive and we're going to try and be in the playoffs, unless one of these, unless we get really lucky or we stay injury free, we play teams at the right times. I just I don't see how anybody can look at our group as a group, take away formations, but look at our squad compared to everyone else and think we're anything but mid table. And that's okay, but just communicate that. Don't say we're going to be anything yeah. that we're not. I have to agree with that. That's what we said as well. We said that you have to. The expectations have been ramped up this year by what 100%, the comms have been put out by the management 100%, and, the and it's ridiculous. And, and, and we now everyone's looking at our first team and thinking, yeah, that's a decent first first team. We have got a good first team, other than the centre-backs, but that can be changed. Uh, Hudlin, is he back? Because apparently he's, he was meant to be back he's supposed on Monday, to, uh, From what I understand, but, is that he's, he should be back now. But um, Whether he anything. is, I don't know. I don't, I've not watched anything that's been put out by because I've been quite busy with work and stuff, so I don't know if this video's gone out and he's back, but I, I don't believe he, I, no one's seen him yet. As I feel, do you know what? I actually feel a little bit for Johnny Jackson, you know, because I, 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 and I don't know how you, where you sit with the first sort of seven or eight games. And obviously Wimbledon are very, very good at giving managers time and, and he would, he would deserve some time. But I feel like the fans have gone into this season with an expectation of us being at the higher end of the table. We've got a relatively young, inexperienced manager who's probably not quite been given the amount of money that we think he's been given. So already he's a little bit behind the the eight ball. He then gets rid of our best player and he probably takes Hudlin as a kicker. I doubt very much Hudlin's in his top five strikers, but he goes, oh, actually, he'll be all right. So we'll take him. His main man, Woodyard, who he's kind of tried to back, 
has all has basically been injured and he hasn't even been around in the games. And I think above all, I, f- I can't imagine that he was looking at the last week of the window and he thought he'd sign a player at 11.30 or, or 10.30 when it's 11 o'clock and it's a backup centre-back. I would be very surprised if he got exactly what he wanted. But so it'll be interesting to see where people see <coughs> Jackson, where he is. But the, the worry, obviously, is he's... He, he, he seems like a, a Robo Mark too in terms of very honest about the conversations about what we're not doing, what we are doing. But we we need some change change up, and that's not his fault. That's just no. kind of where we're at at the minute. Josh Davison is a record buyer as well. So Josh is he Davison, really? That's what is on that Don's Trust report uh, that was put out today. But yeah, Josh Davison has come in as our record signing. So go on. Let's while while you've touched on it, should we move on to that or elaborate on that a bit? Well, yeah, we'll have our break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll move on to the Don's Trust board statement that was put out, and then, uh, yeah, we'll speak about that. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans, for the fans. Welcome back, and we're going to be discussing the uh, Don's Trust board statement that went out regarding our budget for this season. Uh, previously, as we just discussed regarding the Stockport game and stuff and the competitive budget, Dan, do you feel like you've been not lied to as such, but maybe expectations could have been calmed down a little bit from the Don's Trust board by telling us this information earlier? Because if my, and it's one thing I've got to say, sorry, I, I asked you the question, but one thing I've got to say is I'm quite glad they've been transparent now with us and, and letting us know this information. But people I've spoke to are really, really quite annoyed by it. I, I, okay, I think there's two schools of thought. The, the, the school of thought that I don't think it is but it's quite a naughty one. It's the fact of they've waited until they've taken everyone's money for their season tickets, built up all the expectation of, look how good we're going to be. We could be really good. We're looking for promotion, blah, 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 blah. Let's get the dosh in. Now you've taken everyone's money in um, and, you know, you've seen that we're doing okay. Oh, by the way, you know, we're going to do this. Actually, this isn't going to happen. So I don't think, I don't think that's the case. I'm not sure. I'd like to think our, our board wouldn't behave like that, but, I, I guess the challenge, obviously, is I don't know. I mean, to be blunt, and again, it'll be interesting. I don't have a clue about the cost, the, the, you know, the cost of living crisis and how it's impacting football clubs and businesses. We're in a particular business where we are seriously struggling for money, but I, I don't think it's been particularly fair, and I don't think the sums that quite add up. And I think if you're going to tell the fans we're expecting this, it's abundantly clear that we're not going to now have a a competitive budget, which is, in my opinion, again, we spoke about it before, competitive for what? Competitive to stay in the league, competitive to go up, competitive not to. And the, the recent com said that we're going to, we were aiming for a competitive budget to have, be in the, in the middle, seventh to 12th, well, apart from one position, they're all not in the playoffs. So it's kind of, I think, it, I, I personally don't think many of the fans would be too negative as long as you told them the truth to begin with and they could at least then make their own decision or they'll buy into it. Telling people and fans that we're aiming for this creates a lot of pressure on a young side. Now what it means is we're thinking, well, why are we not doing this? You put man- you put the manager under pressure and now everyone's like, oh, okay, we're now not thinking of being in the top seven or 12 when we're, we're actually looking at being a mid-table side. So I think it's... I'm okay with it, but I, I desperately wish they spoke about this earlier. Yeah, because most fans you speak to, and most fans like your mates and stuff, they most of us predicted mid-table. We'd be happy with mid-table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? At the start of the season, and now when you get your expectations risen, and and, and you're hearing stuff from the club and, and from Johnny Jackson that we need to go up straight away, it's like we have to find a nine hundred thousand pounds shortfall. Half a million of that was getting relegated. Yeah. Was the mistake then last year of relegation was that people saying the sour of Oli Palmer and not reinvesting it properly but everyone was happy when Oli Palmer was sold for 300k considering he, he chose when to play he was injury prone didn't really do that much for us I know he's scoring at Wrexham but then do you know what I mean you expect a player of his quality to drop down to the conference and score goals yep. uh, or is it the fact that we waited for so long before uh, getting rid of Mark Robinson and maybe having a go up staying up that in the end we just slept walked straight into a relegation that has now cost us a half a million pound uh, and the fact that we're now looking at our attendances as I said earlier 
and I said this, we had a Twitter space uh, yesterday regarding this. Why have we gone after Johnny Jackson as our manager? We've gone after him. Knowing how defensive he plays, knowing his style of football, knowing everything that we did last year and what happened last year, how is that going to get people on side? I, I don't think it does. And I think, unfortunately, it, it it's a it's a catalogue of errors and it's really ridiculous. You know, we're talking about potentially four or five months ago when we're in one of the worst runs in British football that they're coming out and saying our aim is to be in the championship within what, five, five years. Yeah, I, I mean, come on, seriously. Never mind. We're just going to try and work out, pay the stadium off. If the, I generally believe this. If the crowd, if the club went, do you know what, guys? We've just bought this new stadium. It's fantastic. We just need to pay it off. And what we're going to do is we're just going to, we're going to focus on getting players in, turning them around. We want to be have a give you all a competitive squad, but we know the moment that budget's gone in terms of the, uh, the paying off the student, the state student loan. <laughs> Crikey, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> getting rid of the stadium, then all of a sudden things can kick on. But... 900,000 is I'm reading a 900,000 pound in additional income just to keep our playing budget at the same level as we had last season in League One. Their forecasting is terrible because they've mentioned about at the beginning of the year, or the end of the year, we're going to have the best budget. I mean, come on, that's 900,000. That is a huge amount of money. It's just, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's really naive. Well, what actually. scares me, what scares me the most is that we're saying like we've got to sell players. We've got a couple of commodities at the moment which we can sell. That's Al and Jack Curry possibly if he yeah. gets on. The, the look beyond that, I'm looking at players and thinking, where are these players coming from that we're going to sell? Jack Redoni took what ten years to be able to sell him. We haven't got ten years now to oh, Asal again. Another one that came for our youth that took ten years. Okay, we've made some money from kids that we've sold to Rangers this season and we've sold one to Wolves and goalkeepers previously. But that's peanuts on the size of the money we need. We need to be selling a Jack Redoni now pretty much every season to be not that won't even break us even 800 grand. Do you know what I mean? And it's like we're expecting to make 900 grand off player sales and maybe a good cup run. Right? We've had what? One good cup run? Two good cup runs, sorry, since we started Liverpool and uh, West Ham. Do you know what I mean? And both of them, and last year we didn't. We had a good cup run against Arsenal. We didn't make a lot of money out of that Arsenal game. So I no. don't. I just. I just don't. I don't get. Yeah, their forecasting just don't seem great. Again, I know I like the transparency, and we've been saying we need these kind of figures. But this is, as you said, this has got to come out at the start of the season because people have gone out and bought their season tickets and stuff like that. And most fans will keep going, but it's just when does it? We're fifteenth in the league. We're seventeenth in the form table at the moment. I know it's early days, but what what happens when people just go, no, I'm not going in December because it's pouring down with rain, it's snowing. I'm not going to stop, Paul, because I don't want to do it because of all of the stuff that's involved with it. I just, I've, again, the thing that's a bit weird is, again, if you explain these conversations about money and stuff, the whole of the last week of the transfer window, everyone was buzzing and excited about, we could get this bloke, we can get that bloke, we can get, we, we were looking at realistically a right back, we were looking at a potential forward, we were striker. looking at a potential striker, and we've ended up with a backup centre back. I mean, he's going to be on uh, a relatively small amount of money. And it's now just, it's... Know, and now we know why. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's like, it's, it's okay if that's the case. I, I don't give a top if that's what we've got, but at least be upfront enough to let us know where we're at and again, like I said, it said that we are now going to be at a position where we're just about level with the League One budget from last year. And that places us in the second percentile. So it's like, well, that's that's seven to 12. Well, is that is that we're competitive for me now? We're competitive now to be just outside the playoffs. We're not a top seven budget. We're looking at going up. We're now already going from we're looking to go up to we're looking to stabilise which is fine, but just say that. But it's like the whole thing with the chair. Mike Buckley's come in working part-time two days a week. We've got no head of football, which was what muted three, three, between three, I can't remember the exact, three, six months ago. That's not happened yet. Is that because the budget is low and we haven't got the money now to bring in a decent full-time head of football? This is why I said earlier, we had, a, again, a Twitter space, and I said, is it time now we ask the fans a question of what road do we actually really want to go down in the next, say, five years? Do we go down the road where, right, the stadium's debt's got to be paid off, the team, unfortunately, the budget ain't going to be great, our expectations are going to be to stay in League Two, possibly mid-table in League Two, 
or do we go down the road and look for a buyer to actually buy the club? Some people wanted to sell the team, but not the stadium or the ground, like the stadium, sorry, or the club, but which I don't think you're going to get. And it, the flip side, I said this on the, the coin toss of that is how many millionaires are out there? How many rich people, how many Ryan Reynolds who bought Wrexham are out there going to go, let's go buy AFC Wimbledon? There probably ain't that many at the moment. People are very tight with their money. Even the richest people in the world are trying to pull yeah. strings back a little bit. And who's realistically going to come and buy Wimbledon? But it's a conversation I think we need to have with the fan base is what road do you want to go in? Because I can only see it opening up and we've got four tough games coming up. If we don't win a point in them, we could be just above the relegation zone. It then becomes next last season again, yeah. stage of it's Groundhog Day and it gets toxic again. People will well, be it, calling it Tony Jackson's head. I, I, I don't disagree with you at all, mate. And again, like I said, I've, I've made it clear that I'm, and I know we've, we've had people talking about the, the fan ownership model. And I don't want to bore everyone to death with it. But I think it'd be an interesting conversation that if you said to people now where we're at in League Two, that, you know, we can take further investment or a, or a, a bigger majority than we're offering and be competitive or start the league too or we don't and there's a possibility that we're flowing at the bottom end of the table that we could go into the conference i'd be interested for for fans to be would they still be like no 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 we're going the conference or whether oh, i would have thought and i might be naive but i would have thought of all of the, the don's trust members i think that they would relinquish a bit more control to stay in the football league because i think that's a i think that's a that is massive. I know they're on BT Sport, the conference, and it's great. But the moment you go from playing, you know, Bradford, then you play Dorking Wanderers, I think it's, I think it's a real, real worry. Also, it's a, it's a really, really tough league to get out of the conference. Oh my one, god! One team goes up all make. The rest of playoff, they do a weird playoff system that goes down to like eighth or ninth, and then seventh, you play yeah. each other. One who finishes set gets straight into the semi-final. So it's really weird. I don't really like it. Don't really want to go back down there. I I like League Football. I don't mind League Two. I, I, if we stayed in League Two for the rest of my life, I probably wouldn't be overly upset with it. A couple of good cup runs here and there. But as I said, I think you this we need to be open and honest to our fans of what is to be expected. And as I said, I think a conversation now needs to be had, and not just with Don's Trust members. This is people that are paying their season tickets, people that are spending money in a bar and go, look, what road, where do you want to see AFC Wimbledon? in 10 years time because at the moment until the debt's paid off we are going to be living a uh, a, a tighter budget we're going to have less money to spend on players you're not going to see we're going to have to get in the Nathan Young Coombs and build up relationship with Brentford's and we're going to have to bring youth team players straight in who you're going to fall in love with but within a season they're going to be sold to Huddersfield I, I, I also think, Lee, sorry to, to cut you, but on, we're, we're losing 900 grand, right? And they basically said that's down to attendances, potentially, and um, 500 grand in terms of the central money. I, I just, I feel like the club needed to come out, need to come out and, and be like, okay, no, 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 we're going to have to change our plan here. We're, we're not thinking of being in the championship in four years' time now. I mean, we need, it, it needs to be that molecular where we go, only four teams are going up this year. Um, there are a lot of money. We're already in a position where we're struggling. So that means it's three years now. Um, and that, that will mean we almost need to back to back. And we have not, we're in the, we're, our budget is going to be between seven and 12. We'll go up, we'll get that money back, but we're not going to be in the top budget of anything. I just, I just feel like the club need to take a step back and go, do you know what? We're going to, I just, the more I think about it, I'm like, what a stupid press conference that was like well, I was just managers rush up back him fine don't 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 say we're going to get into the championship in five years it's like we haven't won since well, that, the Normandy that, it's like come on seriously the whole statement is ridiculous you back a manager a week later he gets sacked I mean you, that's got to make... go up there in one in some of one of some of the worst speeches I mean I know Liz Truss has got him bless her and best of luck to her but some of the chats about cheese and stuff you're like oh my god shut up already some of just, the that, that statement was like I know, but it's just like some of the conversations, it's so worrying. People, people go, well, you've got to realise what kind of club we are. You, you, If you don't know that, it's like, well, yeah, but we're being told by the people that are running the club that we're going to be in the championship in five years. Yeah, but they're going to say that you've got to realise. It's like, yeah, but 
I do. We're, we're smart people. We know we're mid-table's fine. But there's people out there who will hear who don't who take it as lip service. You take don't know as, as much. You go, just right, go, well, that's what it is. They're the ones who are running the club, so to speak. They're the ones that know the information. They know how much money is in our bank. So we must have more money than than we expect or we're bringing in. Maybe Mark Robertson. Is it Mark Robinson or the guy who runs Boohoo or the guy that come in? He's probably maybe putting more money in than we know. But what what has happened to him? Because I said we we can sell twenty five percent still, but no one wants to buy it. And this is why I say about conversation: Is there anyone out there who actually wants to buy a club? Freddie Flaxman is now part of the board. What what has he done regarding selling us across the board? Because that's what he said when he came in with his manifesto. We don't hear much from the Don's Trust borders in the people that got voted in this year. I don't know what they've done, what they're doing. Do you do? I don't. I don't pay as much attention to the pro boards and stuff like that. Is it on there? Is is what work they're being done and stuff? Are the minutes on there? Because I believe some of the minutes get put back and some of them ain't even come out. So it's like, again, it's just mad. And as I said, we've gone into a season now. Everyone's thinking, right, we're going to get a decent squad together. We're going to push for playoffs, possibly one of the automatic spots. And now we're going to be lucky if we finish 12th. I mean, let's be honest, right? We know when we're we're turning this into Armageddon, and it, and we're nowhere near that yet because obviously yeah. two get relegated, and you know I, 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 I'll be absolutely devastated if there's if there isn't two worse teams than us. But it is just that again, it's one of those things, and football's a cruel mistress that you, you get you get built up and built up and built up and built up, and since we've been at Plough Lane and all the hope and the excitement of going and watch our team at home, we've been poor there. And we've had many times where we're going to Plough Lane and be disappointed. And I just, the thing I'm interested in, and I wonder with this conversation, whether they've had to really rethink. And I was going to ask you, I don't know. How, is football going to be a massive, massive victim of this cost of living crisis across the board? Because again, you're talking about energy and stuff like that. I mean, not being funny, they're talking about watching the BBC earlier. And there's a poor woman in Manchester, I think it is. She ran a calf and it was like she paid £14,000 energy electricity. She got a recent billing. It was like 198000 And I was like, sorry, like, like literally you're dead on that. So I, I just wonder whether or not the whole club are like, well, hold on a minute. We don't know where this is going. They, It could have gone up to like, you know, the floodlights. It's like, it was two grand a game. It's now 25. I, saw, like, what? I saw something written on one of the forums that uh, the FA are pushing for games to in the winter to be kicking off earlier because then that way the floodlights don't have to come on. Uh, and people like clubs don't have to use floodlights. And as I, and again, on the Twitter space that we did, we, we were asking like, what other revenue streams do the club use? Do we have loads of weddings booked? Do we have funeral wakes at the club? But then your point there regarding, is it worth booking a wedding and literally breaking even because it's cost well, us fortunes in electricity and stuff. And then we're well, out pricing because. Well, this is where the conversation is. And like I said, uh, again, it's hard to know because we don't know. I, don't, I haven't got a clear magic cost to run a, stage, a stadium in terms of the energy, but I'm sure it will, it will have an impact and it will naturally, if it's coming out of the club, then it's going to have an impact on the playing structure. Again, it's just another thing that, and, and another sort of straw that can break the, the budgets back, if you like. Because one of the questions we had is, has anything changed from last season? And I was thinking about this today. I was driving my cab and I was thinking like about last season, what's changed? But what's changed in, say, five to ten years, Dan? What's changed since we started? The same people are still doing the same jobs. So, yeah. I, And this is no spite against anyone who does these jobs. Uh-huh. They uh-huh. Do I get a it. fantastic job, but they're doing them since we started. So Mark Jones, he still uh, designs the kits from day one to now. Commentary team. My, uh, Mikey T and Rob still doing it from this day Lawrence Lown is still the person that looks after all the other media from the away teams and other people you've still got Trevor that's still involved with Robin at the kit man do you know what I mean these are still the same people everything is the same no one and this is why I've said this before and I've say, I'll say it again that again this is no like Ivor Ivor's still the, like, the market yeah. manager I believe do you know what I mean and stuff like this this is no spite they could be doing the best jobs in the world but no I get that kind of kpis who what kind of accountability do these people have that are doing these jobs at our club do you know what i mean what is it the fact they can just do what they want like do you know what i mean and who's going to say something to them and and, and we keep saying why does nothing nothing changes but the, the same people are still in the same jobs there's good young people that are helping out with the podcast and stuff like that, get involved chat we've had uh, jamie slivin you know 
Yeah, posh yeah. Jamie's come on a few times. Brilliant, brilliant speaker. He does something posh, with posh, posh Jamie. <laughs> See, nicknames again. <laughs> lazy nickname, lazy nickname. But it's people like him, brilliant. I could speak to him all day about football. He's really engaging. But why are we not looking at getting younger people involved? Why, like at the club, I, was it last, when I couldn't go to a game recently, it was a home game and the commentary team. Mikey T was doing the announcing of the first team at the same time and Rob was doing the commentary. So it was only Rob speaking. Why not get a 17, 18 year old kid who really wants to be a commentator? Like ask, ask people to do it. Do you know what I mean? Put out saying, look, we're looking for a young commentary to come in. Yeah, I don't see why. Train yeah. them because they can't be doing the job forever. Train them up and then go, right, now we've got three people involved. Don't have to pay them. They could be volunteers. And as I said, it's I the mean, same. I, I do get what you're saying. And I, I'm, you I'm need not, a professional I'm not over, approach I'm not and full time staff. I think that's a, I think that's a better conversation. But what I would say is that obviously over the last four or five years, you know, pandemic, we've had lots of got into a brand new stadium. Obviously, there are things that have changed and people have done certain things. But I don't think it's a huge crisis to be able to potentially open up and, and give another opportunity. I mean, I'm not being funny. Maybe you know, I'm not, it, it could be one of the podcasts. Go right. Do you know what we're gonna we're gonna open it up and. We're going to give you access and we're going to give you the chance to do it. Maybe do an alternative commentary. You haven't got to do it. You can go, you can listen to them or you can listen to it. Like, almost like they used to do with, yeah, with Sky when you're in the room. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't think it has an impact. I, I, but again, though, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's really, really hard. I presume they're just thinking about things that are so bigger. They're bigger than what we know about. But I... I I don't have a I don't have a huge issue with the kits or the commentary as such. I, no. As long as they are the best people that we've got yes. and we can do it, and I just it's hard to know that. And again, you talk about availability; it could be cost related. I mean, we don't know, do we? That, I, that, again, I was just thinking about because you know you said what what has changed from last year. We learned any lessons, and then I was thinking like since we started AFC Wimbledon, who was involved with the club then? They're still involved with the club now, which is great, great stuff. Yeah. But are they the best people for the job? Are we, is it offering jobs to the boys or are we actually looking and thinking these are the best people for this job? Or is there someone out there that could do a better job than this? Do you know what I mean? And I, I take, and, and people were scared of giving up a little bit of power that some people like, not giving up power, but people like Chris Fault, people like Matt Haylock that we've spoke to on here, they do it for the love of the club. You know what I mean? They ain't earning fortunes. They're not, they're probably not earning great wages but they're learning enough to keep them going, keep watching women and games, and they do a really, really good job. Well, I'll, I'll message but, Mikey and Rob, and I'll just go, look, I'm interested. Can I come to an away game? I'll, I'll, I'm at, I'll, drop, I'll pick them up, I'll drop them off, and can I just be part of the commentary team for a game as a guest and see what they say? I, 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 I mean, I they could chuck it out. Because commentary I don't really listen to because we go to the games live and it's for a different audience to us. But it won't, again, this is not a start at anyone. It's just got me thinking that who is involved with the commentary, who's involved with marketing. It's the same people that were doing it as AFC Wimbledon when we were playing Sanders yeah. that is doing it now. And it's like, how do we get young people engaged? How do we get the best people for the job with the qualifications to do that job? And yeah, I just don't, I don't see it. Well, like I said, it'll be interesting. Like I said, it's that it's that delicate balance we speak about Wimbledon between amateurism and professionalism. We want to be amateurish enough where we can get close to players, have a chat, then come to birthday parties, and you can speak to them on a first name basis. They come into the crowd, they have a beer, and they can talk about the game. But then we want to be professional enough, that, like a championship, where it, it's it's a difficult pendulum if you want to be super professional then you, you don't get to talk to your players every week if you want to be amateur you can have them really really close and engaging but you don't get the full the full product i think it's just where do you sit on that kind of tricky seesaw um but i like i said i i, I really hope that we find a solution to the to the budgets and stuff or more importantly the comms is better i just want the comms to be better where they just don't build big us up build everything up all of a sudden we come crashing down as a club as a team as a management group and above all as supporters because if the supporters get to the point where they're getting lied to and they're getting frustrated then we're in a world of trouble no, no i agree and as i said it's got to be the best professional people and this is why i'm saying we need to have that question with fans what road do you want to go in do you want to go keep with the volunteer route of people that is say jobs for the boys jobs for the girls do you know what I mean? Or do we go more professional route and we get more professional paid people in to do jobs that 
then increases our revenue stream. And that's got to be a good thing for then the budgets going forward. But Totally agree, mate. Totally agree. And who knows, I could become the new Motti. I might come on here, be the new John Motson. Yeah, good one, mate. Good one. Right. When are we when we come back? What are we talking about next? I've totally forgot. We're going to talk a little bit about the Leighton Orient game. Yeah, we'll discuss um, the Orient game. And, and then we're going to talk Tuesday. very briefly about um, a few of the players and, and what, what we think about the window and, and are we sure and et cetera, et cetera. Cool. When we come back, that's what we're doing. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Okay, so we're going to be discussing our transfer window and then we'll move on with a brief preview of the Leighton Orient game. So, Danny, was you, we've kind of gone over it a little bit. You weren't happy with the window closing or was you, was you happy with Mate, my business? Going to, and again, it's a little bit of a can for the last game, but now we know what we've got and the money that we had and all these bits and bobs, I'm not sure it's an overly bad window. I'm not, I'm not saying it's brilliant because, you know, the, the, we, got, we got experienced players that we missed last year. We spent actually spent a bit of money on some good players. Um, it looks like we've recruited better loans. So from that angle, I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed. But now I know that we are we have been struggling for a bit more money. Selling Radoni, keeping a sale, which was probably as big a, a deal as possible. Um, I think it sheds a, di- a different light. Um, I think at the back, I think Pierce is is a calming influence. But I don't feel we quite play the style of football that suits him at the moment. I think he's a bit of a war horse, a bit of a warrior. I think Gunter has been uh, very vanilla, to be honest. He's been okay. Not, I wouldn't go a huge amount more than that. Magoma has shown passages of brilliance uh, and passages of obviously real naivety. And you feel like on a on a good day he looks like a Rolls Royce. Um, and on a bad day, he looks like a mini, to be honest with you. He looks like a <laughs> clapped out Ford Escort. Um, I think up top, I think we've Coombs and Davison look promising. Coombs in particular looks very, very strong. Davison, I think, is a little bit, um, I think he's going to have to be a work in process. Um, and I'm hoping that he'll get there. Huddling, bloody hell, I ain't got a clue. I don't know what to make of him. When I've watched him play, I've been sort of uh, okay, nothing special, but we'll see. The new young centre-back, I think we needed some strength in there. And if he's half-decent, I think that might be quite useful if we want to change formation. The biggest intriguing buy was Harry Pell for me. So, um, yeah, having Harry Pell coming, obviously coming back um, from Atkinson, not knowing how much he is as well, is an interesting uh, conversation. I'd be very, very curious how much he's actually worth. Um, But at the same time, um, in a position where we've kind of needed a little bit more steel, It'll be fascinating to see, does he play in that holding role as a two or is he actually going to play as an attacking midfielder going forward? Um, I think he's got goals in him, but whether or not he's in a position where he's going to add the threat, I guess it's a question of, is he a backup to um, to Marsh, Magoma, Woodyard, or is he a genuine replacement for McCormick? That will be a very that will be, in my opinion, where his signing kind of goes. So overall, um, overall, I think it's been a good window. I do think we're short, but then again, at the same time, if you could ask anybody in the country, are they happy with their team's windows? And they'll tell you, uh, no, I wanted a few more. But anyway, what do you think? Have you anything in particular? Good cover there, Dan. Sorry, I, my little boy came out and I had to mute my thing because he's kicking off my missus is at work still so he's kicking off because the pad's gone off but it is bedtime but anyway yeah I with the guys to the window I, I thought I, to be fair I look at last year's squad and this year's squad I think this year's better when our players come in Pierce I thought yeah he's gonna be good we just need to get a system that suits him I don't think it's suiting him at the moment uh, Magoma I think will be brilliant again I agree with you he's quite naive in places and in points uh, NYC is brilliant. I think Davison being our striker, permanent striker, is great news for us because he'll only get better. He's only what 22, 23. So he's only going to no, get I better. I don't think he's particularly old. So he'll, he'll get better with time. Uh, and I think, yeah, we just need some of our older players to come back. Woodley, Wood, uh, Woodland, Hudlin, and Woodyard to come back in. <laughs> Woodland. To make us <laughs> Woodland, to make us stronger. But 
it's last year's squad that is letting us down at the moment. The Lee Browns, the Zanevs, do you know what I mean? People like them are making the mistakes. Marsh hasn't set the world alight at the moment. Like no, I agree with that. Which is shame. Uh, and it shows why Heitken was so good next to him. But, Can I ask yeah. you, Lee, where do you see Pell? We spoke a little bit about Pell. Do you see him as a one of the two, if we're playing this 5-3-2? Do you see him as a potential McCormick replacement in that 10 role? Or provide with a Sal and possibly Chislet? Or if we change formation, does he get into like a 4-4-2 or anything like that? What do you think? I don't know where Pell, because I weren't overly impressed with him against Stockport. No, I was. I mean, he had a couple of chances, to be fair to me. He had a header and a bit, few bits. He's got, to, get he was, he, he's yeah. got to get fit. That's one of the things. Yeah. He's got to get fit. He's got, to, he's got to be playing games. And once he gets fit and play games, yeah, it'd be much better. But I don't know. We were talking about this on the thing. And I'd like to ask you a question, actually. It's going a bit <laughs> off, off subject. We asked this on the Sunday debrief last week and asked people to send in their formations they would play. What formation would you go with? Because people, you, you've said it tonight, three five two doesn't suit our players. It's not our system don't suit. What formation would you change it to? And what one would you hope Johnny Jackson changes it to? Great question. Um, I think the challenge is, I think we, we've got some decent centre-backs. I think Callumbay is okay. The, the, the worry I've got is I feel like Callumbay and Nightingale are not ball-playing centre-backs. I think they're kind of one of like they're more physical as is Pierce. So in my opinion, it lends you to four at the back. I think it lends you a four at the back. Whether you lose the industry of Curry as a left back rather than left wing back, I don't know. And maybe he's picking it. So for me, I think you have to play four at the back. Personally, I like a Sal wide. I don't like a Sal in the middle. So that would lend me to play three up top or one with two wide, whether that is going to be Chislet and a Sal with Davison or Young Coombs at the top, or whether you play Davison at the top, Young Coombs just behind, Chislet on the right, a Sal on the left. And then that means you've got two of your midfielders, which is two of Pell, Woodyard, Magoma, Marsh, um, like almost like a 4-2-3-1. Um, as I said, uh, whether that works for us, I don't, I don't know, but I feel that is slightly better. I don't, I've never liked like 4-1 where you've got one holder. I've, I, I'm not huge on that. So I think if it was me, I'd be looking at 4-2-3-1 rather than 5-3-2 with the idea being is that almost you're playing as a back six and a front four where you're going, yeah. you guys just go and get on with it and have a great time and be aggressive. You six, your job you know, is to hold fire and make sure nothing gets through. And the idea is that one of those top three can come back. I also, by the way, feel like it's not necessarily just a formation. On corners, leave a man up. Let's let's not defend with 11 in the pitch. Let's We've got to kind of push our... We need to play on the front foot. And at the moment, I don't feel like we're doing that. So I, I, I don't mind that too much. I, I went 4-1-3-2. So I went Curry... 4-1-3-2. Yeah, I went Curry... Uh, Pierce Nightingale. Nightingale, apparently, there's rumours going on Twitter that he's injured. So he's out now. Well, so he's got no... He, he's... Oh, right, okay. Well, so if Nightingale's injured... Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I love him in. to pieces, but the reality of it, I feel, is that he's kind of... Where we, he, I think he's kind of looked around the market and he's realised this is where he is. I think Gunter, for me, is... I know people have not been blown away with him, but he's not a win-back. He ain't got the pace. He's never had the last couple of years. So I'd have him as my right-back. I think he'd be solid right-back. He'd move us up the pitch. Then I'd have Paris Magoma in front of the four. Uh, and then I... If Woodyard came back in, I'd probably have Woodyard in front of the four and then push Paris up. But then my three would be then Asal, Pell, Chiz, and then Davis and Young Coombs up front. And, so you're and going 4-1. 3-2. 3-2. Because Asal can get up and down, so can Chiz. Do you know what I mean? They're quite industrious. Do you know what I mean? They're not, you know, people are saying no whip and stuff with regards to that formation, but we can then, you know what I mean? Them I two, you get your work. whip from the three, don't you? Yeah, Four, you, one, the three go. That's what I mean. You get your chiselet and your SL go. You've got Pell in that can move the ball around. Him and Paris can link up. Yeah, that's what that's the that's what I'll go with. But yeah. It's interesting because obviously last year the problem was we were talking about we're gonna play we're gonna play three, five, two or whatever formation we ended up playing. And it was a case of the conversation from Robert, are we gonna be flexible? We can play this, that, and the other. We never did. We just played the same formation every every it's like Mike Bassett, four four two. 
Um, but it'd be interesting to see whether Johnny Jackson, and again, it's an really interesting one because people, managers either come in and they go, this is the formation I play. I'm going to buy people to fit that formation. Or people come in and go, these are the players I've got. What's the best formation to work with? And it's always a, a, del- a delicate balance. But I kind of feel like Jackson at the moment has picked a formation, picked good players who, but don't, who, don't, who don't quite fit into the formation that he wants to play rather than last year. I just didn't think we had particularly good players. So it will be, I don't know. I, I, I personally feel like four at the back would suit us better. But I'm ultimately, I feel like we need to be on the front foot more and be a bit braver in terms of, I, at the moment, we're too Sammy Moore-like, get the ball, go horizontal, get the ball, so go I, horizontal. I think Johnny Jackson's downfall with us, if he doesn't, is his stubbornness. And this is what has cost two managers previous to him. Yeah. Is that if he doesn't change the formation or try something different, maybe away from home to or at home, do you know what I mean? And we've got a really tough run of fixtures coming up now. Which, yeah. Orient Saturday, Northampton Tuesday, and then we go to Carlisle and Bradford. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to be easy games. And Orient are on flying form. At the I was going to say, let's talk about them. They look really decent. So they sit top of the league. They're flying. They're scoring goals for fun. And I really do think that they could could score a few against us on Saturday. I just hope that we doesn't we don't go in the free three five two, which ends up being a five at the back. Is Curry fit? I don't know. I, don't, I hope so. Because... I, feel, I, feel, I feel Curry can do a left wing back. I don't think Osu's. Again, I felt for Osu because he played on Saturday. He can't be fit because he looked absolutely horrendous. How bad is he? I mean, How I mean, I, I, I don't. Uh, he for me, he's he's been bought as a like, a potential backup. I don't see him as a as a regular starter, but he looked well unfit. See, I've been I've been very surprised, Warren, because I didn't think they'd be up there. I thought they'd be like us mid table kind of team. I don't think they spent money. I don't know really much about. It. They, did they get a show? They got a, the bust of one midfield. What's his name? He used to play for us. Uh, Monker, Monker, George Monker, and they got Darren George Prattley Monker. as well. George Monker is just absolutely pulling strings for them at the moment. Uh, it'd be a good atmosphere because we're close to sell out. Uh, they're, uh, I can't believe they'll probably sell out their way in. One I thing we did well, mention right. is uh, I haven't got a season ticket this year, so I bought my ticket. I've paid £25 to come and watch Women versus Orient, which I think is a lot of money. I know people say we've that got to stay I just think 20 is plenty. And I know, you know what I mean, for our level, League Two, get more people. I know we're selling out anyway, so that's probably what the argument will be. But one of my mates... If you, if you think the Premier League, doesn't the Premier League have a rule where you can't spend more than away. 30 quid? No, but away what I'm fans. saying is, in a Premier League match, away from home, they can only charge a certain amount of money. I've, and for you to... you could What I mean is that watching Wimbledon at home in your normal seat, which is, you know, at a modest state, it's a, it's a nice stadium for us. Or you could go and watch Man- go to Old Trafford or Chelsea or Tottenham and pay thirty. I think it's thirty quid, and you can watch for five pound more. Watch a Premier League game with the most, some of the best people on the planet. It's it's a bit weird, isn't it? Well, one of my mates he went to what was the last home game? I didn't go to it. What was the last home game we had? Oh, we lost one nil, weren't it? Yeah, Barrow. It was really bad. Yeah, Barrow. And he, he hasn't been this season, and he said it was really poor. He said he called what we were going to do against Stockport, but he he turned up on the day. And he paid, they said they only had a ticket left in the West End and he, his price was £34 turning up on the day to watch Wimbledon play Barrow, which I think is disgusting. That's, I think that's uh, too much. Well, and again, it, it's too much at the best of times. Add into it. And again, this is where we as a club and where everything, do we? does football have an obligation at a time where the country is going through yes. a recession? at a time where inflation is a record, in a time where crisis and stuff, does football need to go, okay, we need to support our our fans here? Is this, is this a point where we need to start asking the, the, you know, the Premier League and its players to put their hands in their pockets and go, okay, I've earned millions and millions and millions of pounds. I'm going to make it easier for the fans to come and enjoy the football because you know, it's going to be a very, very bleak window. It's going to be cold. It's going to be horrible. Does football have an obligation to to support its fans, bearing in mind the reality of football. It used to be a working-class game with working-class <laughs> people watching it. It's not now, obviously. But whether we have an obligation to be like, OK, we understand we've got a stadium to pay for, but we also understand the fact that there, a lot of our fans have got very, very challenging times ahead, and therefore we're going to make it that, easier to go. 
And we're talking about cost of living, and we're talking about people making money, and we're saying about women on 20 pounds, too much, 34. The food, I think, Plow Lane's really nice, but I do find it quite expensive to say you paid 10 pounds for a pint of chips and stuff like that. But it is decent quality, it is good quality, but we are, people are struggling with money at the moment. But you got the Premier League spending two billion pounds. But anyway, we've gone right off subject there with regards to Orient the weekend. So, but anyway, so going back to Orient, then are we going to get anything out of the game? No. Okay, that was honest. I, well, I, think, I mean, I think being... the best thing we could hope for is a draw. I think, unfortunately, Orient are just going to be one. Tip, one thing I've picked up in this league is if you've got a bit of pace, then you will you'll frighten teams. And I think Orient have got pace. Uh, I just can't see us getting here. They're just they're flying for a reason. I just hope it's hard because I always feel like we could do something with this team, the first team. I just yeah, I think they're a good side. I don't know. I'm going to go. I think I'd go. F- Three one Orient. Three one Orient. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like we're we're not in a great place, but I guess I'd, I'd like to see us be a bit more brave in possession. We're playing the top of the league. They've got they're doing well. We're not. We're struggling. Can we be a bit more on the front foot? Can we? Can we? We're at home on a busy thing. Can we? Can we sort of set the agenda as opposed to this team? Whether we're going to be able to be doing that with Brave, I'd, I'd pick Magoma, definitely. I'd pick Pell, definitely. I'd pick Asal, definitely. I'd pick Davison and Young Coombs up top. And I would go, okay, we're going to go big here. We're going to really, really... Yeah. yeah I'm, play, I'm playing four at the... In a perfect world, I'm playing four at the back. I'm playing Gunter. I'm playing Curry. I'm playing Pierce plus one. Um, and I don't care who it is out of Calumbay, Nightingale, um, or um, Towler, but I'm definitely not picking Lee Brown. He can have a breather. Um, I'm picking Magoma, and I'm telling him to be brave and to and to be look look to be positive with Pell. Pell goes forward, Magoma can sit, and then I'm playing literally. I'm playing Asal on one side. I'm playing Young Coombs just off of Davison, and I'm playing um, potentially Chislet on the right. No, and, I'm, no. and I'm saying, look, let's go. Let's go and be prediction. aggressive. What's your prediction? I'm going to say we're going to score. Um, and I think we it's going to be uh, a narrow loss, maybe 2-1, maybe maybe 3-2. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I'm not as negative. I, I think it's one of them leagues that I think if you have a really good game, you've got... It's not sometimes where some leagues that last year, we could have played really well well, we're never going to be Sheffield Wednesday there or we're not going to beat this team at this point. You've got to be really, really, really good. And they be crap. I feel like if we're very, very good, we've got a really, really good chance of getting points. Because Leighton Orient are our top, yeah. Sam Elliott made a great point on the Sunday debrief last week. He said that the problem with Wimbledon at the moment is it's got so predictable. Yeah. So you can on. predict the Stockport game. You probably can predict what's going to happen on Saturday against Orient. The whole thing is just so everything's predictable. It's just meh, and I just I don't. I, I said a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm saying to you, I think something special is going to happen this year, and we're, we're going to be flying. And then obviously, you look at the transfer window and the stuff that we spoke about again, and it just knocks the wind out of you, and it's just tough. But yeah, are you going Dan to the game? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm going to be there. It'd be nice to get back. Obviously, I had to miss the last home game. Um, so it'd be lovely to get back in and get involved and I'm going to Tuesday to Northampton so I'm looking forward to the next I, I do really enjoy going to the football I'm not going to lie it's absolutely wicked so yeah. I'm hoping it just, it's, just, it's just so frustrating like you said Sam's I actually quite like a lot of what Sam says to be fair I think he talks a lot of sense and it's just frustrating because Powerline had this such a massive energy didn't it and so, everyone's so excited to go there and we've just been as fans it's, it's just not been the it, it's almost like a Powerline voodoo isn't it we kind of feel like we haven't had the club don't help with that either. I've got this could go on for hours, but I've got a situation where where was it not about the previous game before at Doncaster, uh, two minutes five minutes before the game kicking off, the stewards coming up and asking us to sit down before the game's even started, asking us to sit down. It's like, what do you want from us? We're fans. We're trying to get an atmosphere going to get behind the team. Do you want us to sit, have prawn sandwiches, and go home? That ain't going to happen at football. But I hate, I hate I, prawns. I'm going, but yeah, I'm driving down because I'm working. I'm literally, I've got to pick a customer up from Gatwick straight after the game on Saturday. So, oh, okay, that'll work out for you. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I six, it's quite nice. So, yeah, it'll be lovely just to be able to be in a position. Like I said, I don't think anyone expects us to be um, win every home game. I don't, I think they're a bit naive, but let's be positive. We're at home. We let's let's go and let's go and take it to this top of the league and go, okay, where are we at in relation to top of the league? Let's be aggressive. Let's get 
get the ball. Let's not look to get the ball, go sideways, go sideways. If you're in the team because you can use the ball, be brave. Let's not go, Will Knight and get a pick a pass. No thanks, Will. You can stop them, be physical, be quicker, be aggressive, be brave. Make a mistake in the attacking third, we'll deal with it. No, I agree. But let's be brave. Well, I might see you Saturday because you still owe me food, so. All right, I know we've got double or nothing, we this year. Absolutely, mate. What's that on? Nathan Young. You had you had no, you had Davison, didn't you? Loads of, you you had a number of goals that Davison was gonna score and I laughed it off. Ten. Ten. And I laughed at you. And then he got, got two at Mansfield and I was like, oh God. He's got eight already, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. In training he has, yeah. <laughs> All right, Danny. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and uh We'll be back on Sunday with the Sunday debrief, uh, talking all things Wimbledon that happened during the week and the game against Leighton Orient. Come and join us, get involved. It only works when people have an opinion and they mention it and say it. And in next week's podcast, we are speaking to, or hopefully speaking to, Aid Aziz. Adabola. Is it Adabola Aziz? Or is it Adabayo Aziz? Adabayo Aziz. So we'll be speaking to Aziz regarding his time and we can sing. Aziz, Aziz, Aziz is on fire. Come on, you dons. Cheers, Dan. Bye, mate. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.